welcome to the AOL podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message. Well, it's an honor to be here this morning and uh, to share the word with you. Amen, amen. Can we get a Latin there? This is, uh, this is not planned. This is not planned right now. Oh, Sheila Gann, say real loud, how many days is to camp meeting? You know, you've never done that to me. She's never done that. I used to always, I used to always get this. I say, she'd have me days camp meeting 113, 126, 214. She'd always know it. You let me down. <laughs> I don't even know how many days it is camp meeting, but I know it's coming up. I know some of y'all think, well, what is camp meeting? Well, I can't define what camp meeting is. The word doesn't define it. But it, let me just say it this way. It's a God encounter. It's a God encounter. If you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. It's different in a revival. It's different in church. It's a, uh, somebody asked me one time, you know, why, why do so many miracles happen at camp meeting? I mean, healings and deliverances. And I think, I've always said this, an expectation will bring a manifestation. And people always go, we used to have this, we used to, 25 years ago, having a camp meeting at our ranch in New Mexico. And I know, if, you, if you've been to a camp meeting before, just raise your hand real high. Look here. here. Amen. If you didn't raise your hand, you need to be at a camp meeting. Amen. Because miracles happen. Miracles happen. I look there, I see Dacia Gibbs. 14 years ago, she came to camp meeting, had cancer of the cervix, couldn't have kids. God healed her of cancer at camp meeting. Got pregnant, what, next year? Same year? Next camp meeting, she's pregnant. Amen. Got a 13-year-old right now. Amen. Oh, he's in the first service. Dwayne Meyer, I don't know if he's still here or not. All right. Dwayne just had oh, had knee surgery, knee replacement. And the power of God, he's standing as a catcher and shouldn't have been probably. And oh, I walked over and there's I was praying with this lady, and there's about four other ladies around her there. The power of God hit all five of them. They went out. Dwayne was on the bottom of the pile, and he screamed. I mean, t- screamed as loud as he screamed. He said, my knees tore up. It was very evident. They, they, uh, ushers got him back over and got in the chair there, and his leg went boop, boop, boom, crooked. And we watched God. They touching that leg or pulling that leg. We watched God doing Miss Shirley. Just take that leg, straighten it back out, and the pain left. We've seen so many miracles at camp meeting. I mean, I go on and on and on. That's what camp meeting is. And uh, deliverances. You know, we started out the first year, we had about 30, 35 people there. We grew to about two, 250 in our big tent. First few years, we didn't have a tent. Got rained on a lot. But I remember um, the first little lean-to tent we had, during praise and worship, a guy came up to me in the church there, and he said, oh, he said, Pastor, I just feel like God wants to deliver me from cigarettes. You mind if I, we had an altar. <laughs> His old cedar post deal uh, looked like a rack to tie your horses to and had sawdust down in front there. And he said, can I put my cigarettes on the altar down there? So he tore them up. He began to dance on them during the praise and worship. Begin to dance. And all of a sudden, I mean, it was just a supernatural move of God. No altar call. We saw people go to their pickups and cars, bring out 
rolls of skull and cope and beech nut and marlboros and everything else and put them down. It's just covered, completely covered. I, I, and uh, one guy even brought a, a pint of whiskey and poured it out. And I, I can't remember the exact number, but I think there's like 26 people that got delivered from habits, completely delivered, just like that. that that's camp meeting. But that still doesn't describe it. So we have camp meeting come up July the 20th, 21st, and 22nd of July, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. We'll be announcing more things about what's going on, but you need to get signed up. And don't miss it. Put it on your calendar. Be there. And expect God. Amen? I, I believe that's what it's about. Begin to expect God for something. In 2020, we had to move camp meeting from the ranch because uh, New Mexico governor, she said, uh, can't no longer have Groups more than 10 get into one place, so we had to, to uh, change locations. And we moved here to the church, so it's been here the last three years. We got a special guest this year, uh, Danny Johnson. He'll be here from Eastern Virginia, world-renowned evangelist. Flows in, flows in the prophetic, very humorous, uh, great man of God. So it's going to be a great, great camp. We'll have all of our churches here, I think, represented from different places around the country. And... Uh, so put that on your calendar and be sure and be here. Amen. Well, several years ago, uh, back is in 2012, is that right, Louisiana? 2012, we want to take our grandkids to Albuquerque to the Balloon Fest. And it's a, if you hadn't been there, it's quite a sight. You know, they have hundreds and hundreds of balloons, uh, all colors, all shapes, all sizes, thousands, yeah. And so we wanted our kids to see this. So we took Brandy. Uh, Brooke was just had a newborn, so she couldn't go. So we took Creed with us. He was three years old. We took Addison. She was a teenager driving now. She was six. We took Anson. Uh, he was one and a half. And so we go there and stayed all night with my cousin there in Albuquerque. We get up way before sunup because on weekends and sunup, they have a mass ascension. And that's where all the balloons rise at about the same time. And it actually just blots the sky out. You can't even see the sky because of all the balloons. And so we've been looking forward to that for several months. We get there, get up, get early, take the kids to McDonald's, get them fed. We get out there to Balloon Park, and it's kind of cold and brisk, and wind's blowing, and we found out they canceled camp or Balloon Festival. And, oh, man, we, what are we going to do? And Louie said, well, let's take them out to, uh, we'll go home this way. It's right on I-40. It's called McCall's Pumpkin Patch. It's a big, big deal. They, they have big old cans that shoot pumpkins in the air, and, and all kinds of games and rides and this, that, and the other. It's, it's a fun place for kids. And, I mean, we get there on a Saturday morning, I think, or Sunday morning, what it was, Saturday morning, and there was thousands of people there, thousands. And so we begin to do, look around and do some things. And, and me and Brandy, we take the older kids, Creed and Addison, Addison over this big old fort-looking deal that was at a ladder climb up inside of it, and then you'd ride down the slide. And so Creed and Addison get in it. Luann takes little Anson there and puts him on a little train ride. And me and Brandy, we're just visiting. You know, we're both kind of otters, so we, we talk a lot and laugh a lot. And, and all of a sudden, we, about 20 minutes later, we realize, where's the kids? They didn't come down the slide. We were waiting right there at the end of the slide. They didn't come down the slide. So she said, Dad, you better go in there and look. So I go and climb in there and look. They're not in there. And so we begin to kind of panic. <laughs> Because here we are, we lost two kids. And thousands of people, we begin to holler their name, they didn't come. 
And then I had the most dreaded moment I had in my life. I had to go tell my wife, honey, I've lost the kids. How'd you lose? I don't know how I lost them. <laughs> they went up. They didn't come out. <laughs> I don't know if I got raptured in there or what, but I, I don't know where they are. Well, you shouldn't have lost them. I can't help it. I lost them. And she began to pray immediately, and um, eventually we did find the kids. But it was quite, a, quite an ordeal for a while. In Luke chapter 2, if you'll go there. You know, I usually preach on faith, but it's a little bit different for me today. Luke chapter 2. Let's have a passion. Verse 41. Luke 41. Every year, Jesus' parents went to worship at Jerusalem during the Passover festival. When Jesus turned 12, his parents took him to Jerusalem to observe the Passover as it was their custom. A full day, 24 hours later, they began their journey home. Joseph and Mary realized that Jesus was missing. Can you imagine missing the Son of God? <laughs> Here you are. You've been entrusted by God Almighty, chosen of all the women in Israel to bear a child and call him his name Jesus. And then Joseph marries in the family and becomes the father, earthly father, and they've lost Jesus. Can you imagine? Man, did we tick God off today? I, I imagine she got on his case. Joseph, what happened to Jesus? Where is he? You weren't I thought you were going to take care of him. You told me you would. He said, Mary, I thought you had him. I thought you had him. Can you imagine the shock? How their hearts felt when they realized that Jesus was missing? You know what? That's... That's my message today is uh, about Jesus being missing in your life. You know, they were in a large caravan. I, I can just imagine, you know, they, they left there and they'd been gone for 24 hours out of Jerusalem. I don't know how far you walk in 24 hours. They had a lot. He's visiting family and friends and talking about experience they had. You know, had great speakers at camp meeting that year <laughs> and had a lot of gifts we bought and a lot, gifts, a lot of old relatives and old friends and buddies and Told a lot of jokes and a lot of stories. He's just having a good time. And, and the kids, you know, they were probably off on their little deal. And they were probably playing games and riding donkeys or whatever. And then uh, they just realized that, oh, Jesus is gone. Where is he? And they searched among the caravan. He wasn't there. They didn't know where he was. You know, if he got lost along the trail or whatever. But, you know, I, I, I can just imagine oh, that they just got so preoccupied in their little world about the caravan that they didn't realize he was missing. I think we do the very same thing. So many times we get so tied up in our businesses, our jobs, our, our hobbies, even church, vacations, and all of a sudden we realize that, oh, somewhere along the line we've lost the presence of Jesus. You, you can be here today. You, you can come in, worship God, sing the songs, dance, raise your hands, clap, all these kinds of things, but really not have the presence of Jesus. It's so important that, that we don't uh, allow that to happen. You know, when you walk with a crowd like they were, you know, so many times, you know, you walk with a crowd, you will lose the presence of Jesus. So you got to watch the crowd that you're with because even though you know Jesus, you love Jesus and love God and 
Oh, you can just walk away from his presence if you're not careful. Now, I want to oh, give you some signs here in just a minute, but, you know, sometimes you'll have a symptom in your body. Maybe it's an ache or a cough or something there, and you don't really know what's the matter, so you go to the doctor. Well, they begin to look for signs. You know, what is the cause of this? What, there's got to be a root cause of something. You know, cancer's got to, it's got to have a root cause. You know, a pneumonia's got to have a root cause. Uh, a dislocated hip's got to have a root cause. And so these things all in mind, they, they go to the doctor there, and he begins to look for signs. You know, they'll, they'll take your temperature. Is your t- temperature abnormal? They'll take your blood pressure. Is it too high, too low? They'll do some blood work there and see, you know, you don't have enough white blood. So they'll try to find, look for a sign that they can go back and fix the problem. And so I'm going to give you five signs today. We'll be pretty short uh, about how we miss Jesus, five signs of missing Jesus in life. The first is, is the absence of his presence. You know, you may know who he is. You may know about him, but inwardly, you've lost that awareness of his presence. You know, it, it didn't just happen just overnight. You don't just ha- have Jesus, and all of a sudden, the next morning, I, I just can't feel his presence any longer. And I'm, I'm not talking about goosebumps and feelings. You know, we, we don't, it's not based on feelings. It's based on faith. But it's a personal relationship. You know, it's so hard to convey that to people outside the church sometimes, outside the body of the kingdom of God about the presence of God because the presence of God is inside you. You are the temple of living God. And that's where Jesus went to. And you read on, he was, they found him in the temple. And so you are the temple, but he can be missing in your temple. And so knowing him and just knowing all about him, inwardly, you know, it's just like it just didn't happen. Bam. It's over a period of time that you lost Jesus. And so you got to be really careful about this. You know, in Luke chapter 19, verse 41 through 42, it starts off, says, When Jesus caught sight of the city, he burst in tears with uncontrollable weeping. See, Jesus had just been there, and he, be, he began to, to heal and deliver and, and preach the word of God. He walks upon this hill there, and he, he looks back at the city there, and he, he begins to weep. In fact, the Amplified said it this way, He wept when he saw their spiritual ignorance. I, I wonder if Jesus came in here today he would look out among the crowd here and see some of y'all and begin to weep in his heart because he sees that you're in the house but you don't have the presence of God. You don't have the power of the Holy Spirit inside you. He looks at you and begins to weep. He sees what you watch. Here's what you hear. Here's what you say. Watch what you do. He begins to weep. And if you read that, that account over in Matthew chapter 9, I think it is, that uh, he wept. He said, the fields are white with harvest. He looked out there and he said, I was there. I was there in that city. I preached the word. I taught the word. I healed the sick. I delivered the, the demons. I delivered, I, I raised the dead. I, I did all these good works there. And I look around there and I see there's so, so many I didn't reach. Because they didn't, let me read on here and I'll explain it to you. He says, Jerusalem, if, saying, if only you could recognize that this day, was this the 21st day of May? This 21st day of May, church, this very day, that peace is within your reach. Come on. Did you know the, the Prince of Peace, the presence of God is within your reach? He's not far off. He's right here. He's with us today. He says, but, is it within your reach, but you cannot see it because you do not, 
did not recognize the time of visitation. Did you know that God can be here and you not recognize the, his presence? You know, I believe anytime there's sickness or disease or infirmity, it's the will of God. Come on. It's the will of God to heal. Every single solitary time. Every single solitary time. I know everybody don't get healed. I remember for years praying for the gifts of healing. In the last few years, we've seen more healings than we saw in a lifetime. We've seen all kinds. Of, we've seen blind eyes open. We've seen a lame that had never walked, walked. In fact, you saw my Facebook post. I posted a, posted a picture that Pastor Henry in Uganda put up. And it was me. I looked like a blind one because I had my eyes closed in the photograph. <laughs> but this little boy is named Eon, 12 years old, Muslim boy. And one of the leaders of the church brought him to church Sunday morning. And God healed his eyes. He opened his eyes for the first time in his life and saw. And we saw so many miracles. But I remember, you know, praying, God, you know, in this meeting here, I want people, everybody healed. I remember going to meetings and nobody get healed. I can't understand why people didn't get healed. And go to another meeting, you know, 89% of people get healed. And, you know, it's, I, you can kind of identify with this. You know, when Mark talks about a story about Jesus, he's in this house. It's really crowded. And I don't know how big the house was. Maybe just a thousand square feet. Maybe a big house. And he was teaching the word. And all these religious people were there, just kind of like church. You know I mean? You know, houses today around Amarillo are filled with religious people. I hope you're not one of them. I don't like religious people. Come on. I made somebody mad. I don't like religious people. It's hard to penetrate the mind of a religious person. And they in there, they listen, but they, they're not receiving nothing. Just like church. People sit here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, hear Pastor Travis preach, and they don't receive nothing. All they did was waste an hour of their time. Come on. And But this time, it was so crowded. You know, we were, we were in Mozambique for the very first time a few years ago, and uh, out in the middle of the bush there, a man built a church. No electricity, no running water. Oh, no roads, just middle of nowhere, just a little white building there. That what, what, 200? Maybe two, maybe 150. And we drive at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. They didn't know what time we was going to be there. They just knew we was going to have church sometime because I was coming to preach. And so they were there, and we drive up, and, I mean, you hear the singing from outside. I wonder if you drive outside this church, they could hear it from outside. We could actually hear it when we drove up. And uh, it was so crowded that you couldn't get in the front doors, that double doors, because there's probably 30 men standing on the front porch trying to hear. They had windows on the side. I said in first church three, I think there's four windows on each side. And uh, you go to the windows, they's all open, people standing at the windows trying to hear, involved in praise and worship. And so we go inside there, and uh, we had to climb in the back, come in the back way. We couldn't get in the front doors. It was so crowded. It's probably like that, maybe so when, when Jesus' house. And these guys come up, they, four buddies, and they had this friend that's crippled, and they try to get in the doors, and they can't get in. It's too packed. You know, it's just like during COVID, people get sick, but they can't get in church. Come on. Did you hear what I'm saying? I mean, I thought sick were we brought to church. Amen? But how come church is closed during COVID? I told all four of our churches, do not shut down during COVID. And so they couldn't get in, so they get up there on the roof and let tear off the roof and let this guy down on a strip, uh, rope and gets down there and he gets healed. 
And, uh, you know, the first thing he did was contradict Jesus the way he did it. Religious minds. But, you know, if you read on the scripture there, it said the power was there to heal all. Every single solitary person inside that building could have got healed. Because the power of God. Did you know what? The power of God is here today. Do you know it's his will to heal everybody? It's not a, I'm not preaching on healing today, but if you got sick, you better get prayed for today. I believe God will heal you. Amen? I believe it every time. So, you know, his presence was there, but you got to connect with him. Uh, in Psalm, the second one, second side is uh, that you're missing Jesus in your life is because you lost your joy. You lost your joy. I remember several years ago, this church here, uh, Sunday morning, we had five, 600 people. It was crowded, packed out, and, and uh, the band was singing, Oh, Happy Day, Oh, Happy Day. And if I could sing, I could sing it to you, but I can't sing, so I won't try to be a Travis, all right? How, how many of you here that morning remember that? How many? Singing, Oh, Happy Day. I mean, everybody was clapping, hollering. It was good. And it wasn't a song we normally sang and about the second, third stanza there, I heard God say very clearly to me. He said, there's people here today that's not happy because they don't know me. And I, I just, I heard God say, you know, give an altar call right now. Well, and you know, in church, you don't give altar calls on the first song. Amen. We're religious. We know we give it on the last song. And, but aren't you glad that God disrupts services sometimes? I love it when he messes things up. Amen. Because his messages are good. Amen? He messed it up that day. So I go up there, and the praise and worship leader, Pam, four sides. I walked up on stage. Her eyes got this big thing. Pastor Ty, it's not your time yet. And I said, stop the music. And I said, God just told me there's some of y'all here today that you know him, but you don't know him. And you're not happy because you don't really know him. And I said, if you want a God in Karen Day, if you need Jesus to come to your life, I want you to run this altar right now. Fifteen people. Fifteen people. Bam, bam. I didn't have to get three or four invitations. I mean, they came just like that because they didn't have that internal joy. Come on. See, see, joy is not a feeling. It's a spiritual force. It's a spiritual force. Psalm 16 says, in your presence. Come on. In God's presence. It says, in your presence is a fullness. I mean, how can you explain fullness? Overflowing is <laughs> the fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord. Not your joy. See, see, joy is a spiritual force. It's not your joy. You can buy happiness. You can buy things. You can do things that make you happy, but they're not lasting. They're not joy. They're not true joy. They'll make you happy. They'll fulfill you. They're not true joy. I'm talking about... The fullness of God is joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Well, strength is word Hebrew word miad. It doesn't mean strong force or power. It means muchness. You, you read the definition, it says muchness. I know that's not an English word we use all the time, but muchness means a whole lot more than much. Go on. Did you know that the word oh Power or strength in our New Testament is dunamis. Another one is a Hebrew word for authority is what? 
Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, oh, means authority. Dunamis is the most powerful force that we can think of. It's powerful than any nuclear bomb we create. It's, it is a, it's miracle working power. See, how is this world formed to be what it is right now? By the dunamis power of God. Unlimited power. I mean, all the power of God was released when he said, let there be light. Dunamis power is the power that God healed all the sick. Dunamis power is the power that heals God when we lay hands on people. Miracle working power. Creative miracles happen. We've seen God make things of something that went even there. Overwhelming power. But you know the word strength in Nehemiah 8.10 oversees that because it's muchness. It means all wealth, all assets, all power, all attributes. The joy of the Lord, come on, is your muchness. Everything that you need is muchness. Joy is being in, the pre in his presence. Joy is being in his presence, what Psalm 18, 11 says, 16, 11. But when it's missing your life, his joy evaporates. See, when you don't have his presence, you can't have joy. You can put a smile on your face, make everybody think you're happy. But deep inside, you're not happy. Come on, you know it. You know it. You wake up every morning knowing you're not happy. You go to work knowing you're not, you don't have joy, you may be happy, but you're missing something because his presence and joy is not is missing in your life. Joy is the assurance and confidence that God is in control and that everything is going to turn out right. When you got joy, it's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. See, happiness, you'll go from one emotion to another emotion. You're happy, then you're sad. You're glad that you're depressed. But his joy means God has this. God controls it. God can handle it. God can fix it. God can heal it. And that will make you rejoice. That's why I rejoice in all things. How can I rejoice when it's not, I don't feel good. I don't know, but God says rejoice in all things. Joy is expressive. It's dancing. You know, you look around the crowd there and you see a lot of people that don't have joy. You can see the inside, their eyes. You can see the happiness. You don't have to live in a mansion or have nine Lamborghinis. Lamborghinis. Joy comes from God. And if, you, if he's missing, you ain't going to have no true joy. You know, I, I imagine that um, Mary and Joseph and all the crowd, they, they had a lot of joy. Been out of a good conference, been in Jerusalem, been in the home city. Been in the temple, worship God, heard the word. A lot of joy there. But all of a sudden, they lost something. They lost their peace. And I remember how me and Brandy were. We was, we was laughing, cutting up, doing things. And, and all of a sudden, I mean, Dad, where's my child? Don't ask me. I thought she was doing this. I mean, our, our, our joy and our peace went... <laughs> We panicked. We thought, man, what if somebody kidnapped them? Where are they? They may be on I-40 going down the highway with a pervert driving. Who knows? Didn't, didn't have no idea. 
And I imagine they were like that. You know, the third sign that Jesus is missing is because you don't have peace. See, peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is the absence of his presence. Why? Because he is the Prince of Peace. Jesus says, he says, I am the Prince of Peace. This, I, this peace I leave you, my perfect peace I will give you. What's perfect peace? <laughs> What's perfect peace? Wouldn't you like to have it today? You can have it because that's his presence. That's his presence. Isaiah 26, 11, I love this. 26, 3 says, you will keep him, talking about God, you will keep him in perfect peace. Did you know in the midst of a big storm, God will keep you in perfect peace? In a major disaster, you'll keep him in perfect peace? You know, I don't know. I, we say this all the time. You know, I can't understand how someone that doesn't really know Jesus can have peace in a disaster. But I've seen it in people's lives for years and years and years. I've seen people that call themselves Christians fall apart. And I've seen people that, that knew him, you know they knew him, go through something. You can't tell anything's going on. Why? Because peace surpasses all things. Surpasses all things. We got some friends in the ministry there, and they're going through a really, really hard time right now. But you never know it. And I know them deeply long enough and deep enough, they're not faking it. They're happy. They got joy. They're not faking it. It's real joy. Why? They got perfect peace. Perfect, perfect, perfect peace. Because they know that God will do what God said he'll do. He said, if he said, I sent my word and healed you, that means he sent his word and healed you. Amen? So, Peace. John 16, 33 says, in me you will have perfect peace. See, in, in him is a positional position, or a relationship, relational position. In him, in Christ. In him, in Christ. You can do all things. In him, you can have perfect peace. That's relationship. See, if he's missing from your life, you will never, never, ever have true peace. And I sense my spirit right now. There's some of y'all going through something right now that you don't have peace. You have turmoil. You, you try to sleep at night and you got turmoil. You worry about this. You worry about that. God didn't did give you worry. Amen. All right, now the fourth thing, the fourth sign that Jesus missed in your life is that you have a lame prayer life. We say, Pastor, I pray every day. Well, a lot of people pray every day. I'm not talking about this. Father, bless this grub or lay my soul down to sleep. I'm talking about relationship prayer. See, many times we think about prayer is, God, I need this. God, help me. So we pray out sometimes out of desperation. God, fix this for me. See, is that prayer? Yes, it is because God says you can ask what you desire, and I will give you those things you desire if you believe. This is confidence we have in him. If we ask him anything according to his will, he hears us. If he hears us, he will give us those things. See, I know prayer is about asking for things. But that's not really what prayer is. See, prayer is 
really communication. It's about getting before God and saying, God, I want to know you. I want to hear your voice. I want to feel your presence. I want to see your face. God, I want to know your will. See, prayer is that communication, that, that intimacy with God. That intimacy with God. You know, I looked up yesterday about, I love preaching on, on intimacy with God. And so I look, just really looked up, you know, sometimes we don't understand how can we be intimate with God that we can't even see where God is. But see, God wants to be intimate. You know what they parallel that intimacy with God with? It's about a husband and wife and sexual relationships. If we could always go back to 1 Corinthians 17. Man and woman. Husband and wife. And God wants to be that way with you. He wants to be so intimate with you that you know his heart without having to ask God what's your will. He wants to you to hear his voice without trying to, God, I can't hear you, I can't hear you. He wants you to just be able to hear right now. So if if your prayer life is lame, dig in, get to know him. And that's how you get to know him through praying. God, I just want to hear you. Pray in the spirit. You know, we pray all kinds of, or talk to people, pray with all kinds of prayer in James. Ephesians, pray with all kinds of prayer. Pray in the spirit. Sometimes I don't know how to pray. I just pray in the spirit. God, I want to do that. God begins, now begin to hear his voice very clearly then through the spirit. See, God is a spirit, and we're to worship him in spirit and in truth. Moving right along, the fifth thing, the fifth sign that Jesus missed in your life is that you have a lack of passion, lack of passion. You know, I heard God say this to me just before I came up here. Everybody has a purpose. So they say the two greatest times in your life is the day that you realize that the day you were born, so we all have this common. We, we know the day we were born. That's the most, one of your most important days. But the second most important day than that is the day you discover why you were born. That's purpose. See, you were created, each one of you, for a purpose. God has a purpose. God has a plan. And so your, your purpose is always linked to your passion. See, when his presence is not there, your passion will be without him. See, for years and years and years, oh, I didn't go to church until I was basically 28 years old. Of course, I went a time or two, but, I mean, I hated church. But after I got saved, I had a passion to be in church. Big difference. People I used to cuss because they were Christians. I began to love. Why? Because my passion changed. See, your passion will always link you to your purpose. And your purpose is to be in a relationship with him. My passion was rodeoing. When I lost my, when I lost my guy to rodeo and couldn't rodeo any longer because of the injury, I lost my purpose. But that wasn't my purpose. But I found my purpose, and what my purpose is. That's to serve him, to worship him. We all have this in common. Your purpose here, over anything else, you may have different gifts, different talents, but your purpose, come on, listen to me. Your purpose is to worship God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. That should be your passion, too. See, the reason you're not doing that, come on. The reason during praise and worship you're like this. It's not a, it's not a, 
program called The Voice here on Sunday mornings. It's not America got talent on Sunday mornings. We're not, we're not looking for your singing talent. We're looking for your worship. You know, a few years ago at camp meeting, we had the tent full. I mean, there's 200 people there. The worship was going on. It was, man, it was powerful, powerful, powerful. And I looked up there, and there's probably 30, 40 women down in front here worshiping God in front of this tent, worshiping God with all their heart. And God said, there's something wrong with it, Ty. Yeah, he calls me Ty. <laughs> he said, there's something wrong with this, Ty. I said, what? He said, that's the battle front. Where's the men? And I just stopped, stopped worship again. <laughs> and I said, you know, there's something wrong with here. God said, there's something wrong. This is the battle line up here. And all the women are on the battle line. The men at the back. And I said, God's going to do something here when men begin to worship like these women. The power of God hit men there. Amen. If you were there, stand up. If you were there, came down front. Come on. Men, yeah. Men, men. Men's done, yeah. Yeah, we had, we had 30, 40 men come down. And I tell you what, you could, you could feel it. You could feel it. The power of God hit that tent that night. Miracles began to happen. Why? Because men got in a position with their passion. Their passion changed their purpose. Amen? Remember the first day you got saved? First year you got saved? First month you got saved? I mean, here's no cowboy that hated church. I mean, I can tell you some stories to make your ears burn about church, how bad I hate church, things I did to churches, things I did to Christians. But when I got saved, man, I wanted to be in the house. I went to a little Baptist church out in the middle of nowhere. But that wasn't enough on Sunday morning, Wednesday nights. I had to go every night. I'd find a revival somewhere. I'd find a healing meeting somewhere. I didn't make much money back then. I'd take every cent I made and buy me a Christian book. Got the baptism of the Holy Spirit reading a book. Come on. I was hungry. Remember what Jesus said? He said, those that hunger for righteousness, what's defined righteousness? It's not being holy. It's being right standing with God. That's what his presence Those that hunger for righteousness shall be what? Filled? What? Filled with his what? Presence? Come on. Now, what if he said, reverse it. Those that don't hunger, come on. Those in church that don't hunger for righteousness will be what? Empty. That's why you're empty. That's why you're empty. You're not hungering for God. You just come to church because it's the right thing to do. I'm preaching to you. I won't be here next Sunday. Pastor Travis have to cover my tracks. You, you don't hunger to be in church. You don't hunger to read the word. You don't hunger to worship. Come on. And you wonder why God's not moving your life? Why you don't feel his presence? You don't have his joy? You don't have his peace? Is you don't hunger enough. I'll tell you what, when you get hungry, come on. When you get hungry enough. I, I, I remember when he was in Mozambique. I got hungry. Well, I was being filled spiritually, but I got, I got physically hungry. It ain't fun to be physically hungry. I'm not a big eater, but I like to eat. But I don't like monkey brains. I don't like deep fried chicken feet. I don't like, look like perch 
cut in half, scale still on to eat? Come on. Ain't that tough. I'm a picky eater. I got so stinking hungry. And I remember, I didn't, I didn't want to lie and say I'm fasting, but I, I did eat a little of their rice. That's okay. But I wasn't going to eat them weeds they pulled up and cooked them either. And I, I guess they felt sorry for me, but the pastor's wife went somewhere and got the biggest shrimp I ever saw in my life. Lagostinos, little lobsters, about this big. And she grilled them. Lord have mercy. They were no appetizer of me. I ate the whole thing. I'd eat the head, tail, and everything. Just, it was so good. But God wants us that hungry for him. Amen? So let me close with this. If any of these signs I talked about, you know you're honest with yourself, it's you. If you're here and you feel like, Pastor, I just lost the presence of God. I know him. I love him, but I just don't feel his presence anymore. Won't you raise your hand because I want to pray for you. All right, see a couple of hands. Well, Father, in Jesus' name, God, we thank you that your presence is here. So, God, these that raise their hand, God, that's their sign to you that they desire to feel your presence. So, God, I don't know how you want to do it, but just a supernatural work right now. And just manifest yourself to them. God, you said you will manifest yourself to us. So just manifest yourself to these that held their hands up. In Jesus' name, that way they know that they know that they know. They've been in your presence and have your presence right now. In Jesus' name. All right, you're here and you say, well, Pastor, I don't, I'm happy sometimes, but I just don't have that joy, that internal joy, that force of joy. I need joy in my life. I need his presence of joy. Would you raise your hand? I'll pray for you. See these hands. God. God, you're the restorer of joy. God, restore the joy of their salvation. It's like David prayed. When David said, the first thing he said, God, restore the joy. See, there, there's something about being, being saved, God. There's something about being in your presence, God. Restore the joy in these, these raise their hand, God. God, just let that spiritual force of joy come in inside, inwardly, God, and become an outward expression of yourself in their lives. All right, now you're here and you say, I, Pastor, I don't, I don't really have peace. I'm really troubled. Raise your hand with you so I can pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, God, we thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. God, your name is Peace. Shalom, 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 God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I just heard my spirit. God just healed two people. Just healed two people right now. Who is that? You felt, you felt some heat going through your body. Who was that? Just stand up. Two people got healed. Come on. Be honest. God, just let your perfect, perfect peace right now in Jesus' name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Father, it's so easy to get caught up in not having time to fellowship with you. And that's what prayer is, fellowship with you. So, God, I just pray for these that, that's going to raise their hands right now, Father God, that they feel like their prayer life has gone lame. God, just raise your hand right now. Let me pray for you. God, I pray for these that got their hands raised, God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. God, you created us to hear your voice. 
And God, prayer is where we hear your voice. Oh, yes, we can hear it other places. We hear it during the Word. We hear it preaching the Word. But God, those intimate times in our private closets and secret places, God, we want to hear your voice, God. We want to know your will in Jesus' name. Now, lastly, that you just lost your passion. Yeah, you're in church today, but you don't you don't have that passion to come. You don't, it's all you want, it's one Sunday morning. You lost your passion for serving God, for worshiping God, for fulfilling your call in life. If you lost your passion, raise your hand so I can pray for you too. We'll close. Father, in Jesus' name, God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. God, all those passions that's not of you, God, as you right now, you remove them from the life. All those obstacles, roadblocks, stop signs. God, let them become passionate. Put their soul and hearts and spirit men on fire for you, God. Restore their passion, God, in Jesus' name. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio through the website arenaoflifechurch.org or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.